Welcome to my new Daily Dispatch. You know, I talk to real estate industry folks every day about the challenges they are facing at this unique moment in time. I want to share their insights with you, not just the problems, but also the solutions. Join me each day on the Daily Dispatch, and we can all figure this out together. Greetings, Inman readers. Oh, I got one of my favorite people, Mike Delpreet, who always gives us guidance um, at Inman. And Mike is here with us today to to chat about some really interesting things that he just wrote about. Mike, how are you? I'm, I'm good, Brad. Thanks. How are you doing? Doing well. So your health, are you okay and your family okay? Yeah, yeah. Myself, my family, we're doing well. Thanks. Um, everybody's staying healthy, enjoying each other's company as much as we can, all indoors. But uh, but we're good. We're good. Yeah. I encourage everybody to kind of do what's right for them and get comfortable at home. Yeah. How many children do you have, Mike? I have two. Two girls. Twelve. Oh, wow. Almost twelve and almost fourteen. Now, what do you? Are, oh, wow. So they're 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 beyond homeschooling at that age. They don't even go to school. They skip class, right? <laughs> yeah. We uh, we keep them busy with a lot of online learning activities, and the schools out here in Colorado have been closed for uh, a week, so they're going to start up some online stuff in another week or two. So they're keeping busy for sure. Uh, that's beautiful. I have two grandchildren, and my daughter. She's so organized. She has you know she's homeschooling, and she has a history hour. In the middle of their history hour, I come in and tell a, a story of the history of the family. So uh, they're learning stories from the family as part of their history lesson, which is that's my. That's good. Yeah, it's important. I think my my kids have been around in the background for so many conference calls and presentations I've done from home. I think they they probably know more about Zillow and Open Door than uh, than a lot of people in the industry at this point. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> Your daughter can espouse what's going to happen to eye buying after the great yep. coronavirus. Yep. Hey, on on that note, what? Um, tell me where you're working out of, like. Are you in Colorado in the mountains overlooking the Rocky Mountain High, or what do you? Where are you? Where's your house? No, I'm, I'm I'm not quite in a cabin with a typewriter working on my manifesto yet. We're um, we're in Boulder, Colorado, kind of downtown, not too far away. So we're in a nice a nice community with with lots of other people around, all staying in their in their home. So I'm just spending most of my time working out of the home office these days. Well, that's great. You know, every, every what I like about this, this is a great equalizer. I interviewed Ryan Schneider, the CEO of Realogy, and I said, what are you looking at, a big forest? I imagine a big estate. And he goes, no, I'm looking at my kitchen sink. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, let's cut to the chase here. I've been, uh, I just uh, love talking about this personal stuff a little bit. You just wrote something called Survival of the Fittest, the Real Estate Pandemic Survival Guide. I just thought it was full of great insights. Um can you just run through one one the motivation, the context here of how you were thinking about the world, and then let's just run through and talk about some of the conclusions, uh, some of which are kind of um, all, you know jaw dropping, but I think realistic. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, I a, a lot of my work is international, right? You know, I worked overseas uh, for a number of years, and and you know, if you followed my work over time, you'll see that I've I, I talk about international real estate portals and and international real estate companies and brokerages and next gen disruptors. So, I, what what piqued my interest? You know, I got to stay busy at home, right, and and stay sane. So the the thing that piqued my interest, the question I was asking is, well, what's happening to the real estate markets in countries like China, South Korea, Italy, right, that are kind of looking into the future of, of they've already gone through this to some extent and yeah just wanted to investigate that and, and see what was happening and it it struck me as interesting that you know and kind of unex, um, 
uh, as you would expect, right? Total real estate transaction volumes in those countries, I mean, they basically grind to a halt. Um, and, you know, anywhere from kind of 70, 80, 90% drop in transaction volumes. And, and, you know, you can get more granular. And in my article, I do that. It's like, well, how long does that last? And afterwards, like in China, we're starting to see a recovery. It's still at probably 60% lower than it was the same time last year. Um, so it's a big drop. And Let me add, one, it, it, one, it, real yeah. quick, Mike. Is So give us that window. Let's say there is a pickup in China. What was the, the, the weeks, months window where it, it collapsed and now it's starting to recover? Was that... Three months, two months, six weeks? What was that period of time? Yeah, you're probably looking at kind of six weeks. Six um, weeks. Four, I'd say four to six weeks where it basically ground to a halt, standstill. Nothing was going on. And then, you know, over the over the next four to six weeks, it would start to pick up after that kind of, you know, 10% of usual, 15, 20% of, of usual volumes. Yeah. Okay. So we might – now, would there be any difference – neither one of us are scientists here, but – or you know emergency specialists but is there anything about how they responded to versus how we're responding like is the recovery i'm sure italy's in the same boat or and is their recovery likely to be longer because they didn't respond as quickly as the chinese uh, yeah i think so i mean my again I'm, I'm no you know socioeconomic and geopolitical expert here um but i do dabble in history and um and, and politics and whatnot i mean yeah china so, you know um I think the Chinese, the way the Chinese government is set up is, is very much um, top-down command and control, and they're able to do things at a wider level. You know, there's actual, in that country, you can say, okay, real estate transactions stop now. And then you can say, okay, real estate transactions start now. So, and, and I mean, if you, if you look at the recovery to coronavirus in China, um, right? I mean, they've, they've ridden that curve, and they've gotten to the point where there's no new infection. So that's, that's very dramatic. I'm not sure that... Uh, Western countries, you know, like Italy and now uh, Germany, Spain, uh, Spain and France will fare the same. Um, it's too early to tell. And we yeah. have to see, you know, we'll have to check back in in a month to, yeah. to see. No, no um, real. I, you know, yeah. I recently said don't trust the experts because there's no roadmap. They thought I meant health experts. I wasn't saying that. It was more the, the world you live in of economic forecasters and things. But let's look at Italy's transactions and then Korea's transaction. Any different South Korea? Any difference in terms of the collapse initially that you well, you saw in China? Yeah, no. Um, there's there's kind of a pleasing consistency. It's it's horrific, but it's it's consistent, right? So in in South Korea, you know, during the the peak of the crisis and the outbreak, their total transaction volumes were down eighty percent across the country and ninety percent in the capital. Uh, Italy, who's kind of right, and and you know, South Korea is kind of reacting, going through this differently, right? They're um, uh, kind of promising signs from a health and recovery standpoint, but I haven't I haven't yet seen an uptick. I haven't seen that recovery there. Uh, Italy Italy's right in the thick of it, um, you know. So I was talking to a top real estate portal in Italy, and you know they said transaction volumes in February, kind of leading up to it, were down thirty to fifty percent, and in March they're expecting seventy to to ninety percent. Uh, you have to keep in mind that. You know, with a lot of these international markets, the data is not as readily available as in the U.S., right? Here in the U.S., we've got great data, and it, it comes out on a fairly regular basis. Internationally, that's not the case. So over time, you know, what I'm going to be looking at is a whole bunch of quantitative and qualitative measures, getting the data I can, talking to the real estate portals, 
um, and really triangulating. You know, there's no one source of the truth here. There's a lot of sources of truth. And with that, we'll kind of pull that into a hypothesis. And, and the hypothesis here is that, um, you know, people, so that was, that was kind of one half of what, what I'm thinking about. The other half was just looking around the markets here in the U S and the UK and Australia, um, and people talking about you know, a lot of agents and brokers talking about the new normal, you know, adapting to the new normal and, um, you know, and, and having some face masks and sanitizer in your open homes and doing video tours. That's kind of adapting to the new normal. And, I, I, you know, I don't believe that. I don't think there is a new normal. There's there's going to be a very dramatic drop off in real estate transaction volumes. And you can see that with states starting to shut down now. Um, we probably won't see it in the U.S really pick up for a couple weeks but i mean if, if you believe the data and you believe the evidence and you you don't you know there's no some sort of miracle cure that's going to come out in the next couple weeks um and you look at what's happened internationally yeah you, you got to believe that transaction volumes in the u.s will just drop off a cliff they will they will go down 70 80 90 percent i mean they will all but stop for a period of time that's probably not less than a month might be as much as two or three months and then after that, it'll recover, um, and it'll slowly recover. So the other bit of research in there was done by Zillow looking at pandemics, and they looked at the SARS outbreak in Hong Kong, and you know they found the same thing, right? During the outbreak, you saw anywhere from kind of a 40 to 80% drop in transaction volumes, but then after that, it kind of you know snapped back to normal. I think the, the postscript for snapping back to normal is it took about six months to, to get back to normal. Um, after that slowdown period. That's a great, so, that's a great, I think to be realistic or maybe to be conservative, our community, the Inman community that reads this, the real estate people, count on maybe a six month, you know, pretty troubling um, situation here. Someone recently said it's not a recession, it's not a depression, it's frozen. And yeah. it does feel like clearly the economy is freezing up and it's not surprising real estate transactions to freeze up. So this might be... 12 weeks, ideally six weeks, but it's more likely to be six months, maybe. But who knows, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it'll freeze up for, you know, I don't know, a month or two. And then it's going to be six to nine months before it gets back to quote unquote normal. The, the good news is, right, there's two sides of the coin. The, the bad news is um, everything's going to grind to a halt. So whether you have virtual tours or not, it doesn't matter, right? Nobody's going to be transacting real estate. Um, but the good news is it's temporary. Right. So there's no new normal here, right? It's not like adjusting to some sort of new normal. I mean, there might be some new consumer behavior, like people are more likely to want an, a, a virtual tour, or maybe they want to sell to an iBuyer because they don't have to have an open house with a bunch of strangers in their home. You know, maybe that will stick around and in the same way that, you know, after 9-11, all the security stuff happened, but I still have to put my liquids in a little bag now. Like some stuff just sticks around. Um but yeah, the good news is it's temporary, right? Yeah. This is this not is the a, end of, a thing that not the end of the world. Well, not, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it will be for a little bit, but after that, it it, it is temporary, and and you know what, people will start transacting real estate again. So you almost have to, I don't know, kind of expect to go into hibernation for a period of time when when just really nobody's going to be doing much of anything. Great, interme. I mean, it's really good information. I think you're right on there. Hey, virtual tours, you write won't save your business. And Mike, I need a favor here. Just yeah. keep talking because I got to run into my kitchen and turn off the burner that's burning the sausage I was going to put in my gnocchi, okay? 
Wow, yeah. The new normal. The new normal. Okay, go for it. Virtual tours won't save your business. Let me me know when you're back. Okay, I will. (laughs) The the point about, you know, virtual tours not saving your business is is kind of exactly that, right? There is no new normal here. So um, if people, and I think not a lot of agents and brokers, maybe fully comprehend that and realize it, that we're not going to see a bit of a slowdown and, you know, some agents might see their business um, impact on their business. I, I think everybody's going to see a, a very extreme impact. So it's it's not like, you know, in no amount of virtual showings or 3D home tours or clever online marketing or consumer reach out is really going to put you above the pack in terms of everybody else or, or save your business, right? If you're counting on that to save your business, I think you're in for a bit of a wake-up call, which is that, um, you know, it's not going to work. If nobody is out there doing that, um, it just doesn't work. Exactly. So, I'm back. Yeah. I'm going to have black oh, good, good. and I'm going to have black and sausage after uh, after we're done here. Uh, let's go on to the next. You 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 already uh, referred to this, but the long term consumer behavior changes. Um, what are some of those? Can we can we start to imagine what those will be? Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know, as I as I briefly mentioned before. I mean, so again, I'm kind of hard on virtual tours. Virtual tours are fine. I just I, I don't know that it's the agent who thinks the virtual tour is going to save their business that I have the issue with. But yeah, I mean, so virtual tours are one. Um, I, I think iBuyers, you know, just because they allow you to sell with certainty and avoid a lot of human interaction, you know, that might be another beneficiary. Uh, online notaries, you know, I, I know there's a um, there's legislation I think currently introduced in New York by executive order just passed this that you know you can do online notarization, uh, which is a big deal because up to now it's only been in about 20 states, but if it's nationwide, um, that will help and that'll be something to that sticks around, right? If you can if you can close your home. Um, you know, sitting on your couch uh, and you don't have to go to some sort of stuffy conference room downtown, that's a big benefit. And once people experience that, I think they'll they'll expect it in the future. So We'll never go back to that gnarly, awful real estate closing experience is my guess. Yeah, I, you know, knock on wood, but, you know, real estate moves so slow. So I, I think it's, it's a bit of a jolt and I think it will encourage more adoption and it'll all move us in that direction. Um, but I don't expect that, you know, in nine months we'll all kind of reemerge and suddenly be doing everything online all of a sudden when it comes to real estate. Yeah. Hey, you spoke of iBuying. Um, it it looks like Redfin stopped. Open Door, I think, announced they're stopping. Yeah, Open Door stopped. We haven't heard from Zillow, who completely shifted their business model to this. What have you heard from Zillow? Are they going to shut it down too? They um, after the after California's shelter in place order, they Zillow announced they were stopping buying in California. And I think you will find that they will follow suit, right? And as more states announce that um, shelter in place, uh, then they will stop buying. It's just not it's not safe for them to continue that operation. You know, that I, I think uh, this. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's what we'll see. Um, but, you know, in the, in the case of like in the case of Zillow, um, you know, they have other sources of, of revenue and other sources of business. That's fine. Um, open door. I mean, they're an iBuyer, right? And and businesses all over the country have these exact same problem. You know, if the automotive makers stop making cars, um, that makes sense, right? Because demand is lower and they have inventory and they need to clear the inventory. Um, if, if open door stops buying houses, it makes sense. They have inventory. They need to clear the inventory and sell it. But, you know, fundamentally, if you're whether you're an iBuyer or an automotive 
company and you, you, you're not buying houses or you're not making cars, that's a pretty significant existential question that you need to ask yourself. Like you can do that for a while. Um, but luckily that's kind of what we're seeing, right? This is temporary. Um, there will be a dip, uh, not a dip, but you know, nothing for a while. Yeah. Uh, but then things will pick right up. So I, I think, I think everybody's kind of making the smart, intelligent moves that you would expect them to make. Well, you know, it's also funny. It also gives time for us to do the things that we never got to uh, because we were too busy doing what's right in front of us. Uh, like yeah. I've never had a problem getting a hold of every single influential real estate leader in my life to get on the phone in five seconds and do interviews like this. Oh, I'm really grateful they have nothing to do. I, I'm Good. kidding when, here. When life gives you, yeah, when life gives you lemons. Yeah, there you go. Um, hey, survival of the fittest is your next one. I. I've said to people, hey, there's going to be companies that go under here, gang, uh, if this hangs on for too long. That's a stronger way of saying what you said. But explain to the to the listeners survival of the fittest as Mike Delpreet sees it. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, if you look at if you look at those transaction volumes, you know, the dip and stuff and. Um, I don't know, look at 2020 and, and assume, given everything that I've said, assume that the total number of resale transactions in the U.S. drops by half for the year, right? And I think that's a fair assumption. It's basically zero for a period of time, and then it's kind of 50% for a while as it catches up. We're talking about six to nine months here. So if you, if you think it drops in half, um, you know, in a normal year, that's an industry that generates $70 billion in commissions, right? So that $70 billion turns into $35 billion. Uh, it has to be survival of the fittest. I mean, there, there's simply not everybody, not every business can survive with that type of constriction at the at the top of the funnel. So, uh, you know, on the one hand, it's 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 what everybody says, right? Only the only the fittest will survive. Only the most agile and fast to move. You're like, yeah, that's true. Um, but it's also the solid foundations and the balance sheet. You know the. It's almost like survival of the richest, right? If, if companies have a, if they raised money right before this happened, or they have strong balance sheets, cash on hand to survive it, I mean, that's that's what they need. So I, I think there will be a tightening, there will be a constricting. We've had we've had a ton of new prop tech companies start in the past six months, twelve months. You, you will most likely see less of those companies, um, and even the big ones will have to kind of reorient and restructure. So I, I think it's absolutely yeah, survival of the fittest. Um, not everybody's gonna. Not every business will survive. You know, it's gonna take a lot of key qualities, um, and access to capital is uh, is definitely one of them. You know, I I started Home Gain um, before the dot com crash, and my uh, my venture guys, you know, when we saw it kind of coming, we were acquiring customers for four hundred twenty eight dollars a customer, and we were making twelve dollars off them, and the math didn't work. <laughs> yeah. But I'd raised a ton of money uh, six months before the crash. But a few months before that, my CFO came in and said, Brad, four twenty-eight to acquire a customer, $12. I can't do this with a straight face. Called my VCs and said, don't worry, Brad, there's another, we'll raise more money. And we were spending 2 or $3 million a month then on television, radio advertising. And yeah. so I took my CFO's advice and we shut down the advertising. The key in that was six months, nine months more of that. And I think I had $40 million in the bank. If I had spent three million for another nine months, I you know would have been pretty much through it, and that's what my peers, a lot of our peers, did. So we had a bank of money um, mm -hmm. to sit it out, and so it's probably with some of these startups, how much money did they raise, how much did they have, but it also was a lesson, you know, you got to cut your cost, you know, 
you got to cut things that aren't really relevant and it's hard to do but you know i made a lot of mistakes that was one that turned out you know fortuitous but uh it's a, it's tough hey mike let's let's wrap it up here with you have uh two steps that you call the real estate pandemic survival guide um just tell us what those two are yeah yeah it's pretty simple i mean step one is survive you know you need to get through this you need to be around for the rebound and i think that's the key phrase there right you got to be around for the rebound um not everyone will be able to um and whether you're an agent a broker a real estate tech company a portal i mean any of that um you need to understand things will drop off to nothing for a while, most likely, um, if you believe the data and the evidence, and then they'll come back. So they will come back. It is temporary. So you just got to make sure you're there. And, um, I, you know, I heard a great analogy the other day. It's like somebody kind of blew the whistle and, and called um, called halftime, right? It's like all the activity stopped. We're in halftime. Now we're on the benches. You're, you're getting water. You're eating. You're talking strategies. You're figuring things out. And at a certain point, halftime will be over and everybody will be back there in that. So don't assume that um, the game, you know, after halftime is going to be the same. There will be some changes. It's going to be a new world, new reality. Um, things will be different. So I think the, you know, the fittest will survive who are able to do that. So step one, survive, be around for the rebound. Step two, there is no step two, right? It's all about survival. You know, you just, you got to get there and it really starts and ends there. And the way, I, the reason I say that is just to underline the importance of that. I mean, none of this other stuff matters, virtual tours, eye buying, whatever, none of it matters if you can't survive this, um, th this slowdown, this, this period coming up. Boy, you said it well there, Mike, survive, 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 do whatever it takes. Hey, Mike Dupree, you're the best. Our, our audience loves what you write about. They love your research. They love the data. They love you on stage. Thank you so much for being with me today. And uh, keep us on the toes. Uh, keep us all on our toes as you always do. Um, I yeah. like. Go ahead, Mike. No, I just, you know, thanks for having me, Brad. And, you know, Inman serves a really important role in all of this. Like, there's a lot of. Yeah, this is what I talk about, right? The industry's moving so fast, or the industry's moving slow, but, but it's never moved this fast. You got to look around and understand what's changing. I mean, now, just more than ever, you got to understand it. So I'm going to spend a lot of time looking internationally to try to be able to see what's coming, you know, and, and predict that. And hopefully, we'll, you know, I'll be able to um, say, like, hey, this is what's coming and, and this is when it's going to happen. And, and it's just about learning from others and sharing those experiences and benefiting. So, yeah, I'm going to keep it up and, you know, you keep it up. And it was my pleasure. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah. Keep us in the loop. And Inman readers, listeners, thank you for your uh, paying attention uh, to this session. And this is Brad Inman checking out. <laughs>